On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Coming up to 22 minutes past 12 this Sunday lunchtime. Gavin Riley with you on this Mother's Day edition of On the Record. Of course, not only is it Mother's Day, but also it is a long weekend because it's the weekend of the St. Patrick's Festival, which begs the question, really, in this day and age, what does it mean to be Irish? One person who we thought might have an interesting take on all of this uh, is the actor Pat Short. Pat, thanks for joining us uh, this lunchtime. Uh, What does it mean to you to be Irish? Oh my God, what does it mean to be like that? I, you know, when I, I was asked to, to, to come on the show and chat to Gavin, I thought, that's no problem. And then the more I started thinking about it, I thought, oh my God, it's the most complicated question in the world. Mm. <laughs> um, what does it mean to be Irish? I mean, look, it's a great time at the moment between everything that's happening with the Oscars, um, the Irish having a huge dominating the Oscars, uh, look at the Grand Slam with the rugby uh, in sports. Um, you could just keep going on and on and on at the moment. Look at uh, U2 releasing the album there at this weekend and the amazing stuff they've done, the biggest band in the world. Um, sports people, uh, Katie Taylor, go on, on and on and on and all different people. But then there's a kind of a madness to us as well, you know. And we're awful horse for knocking each other. I mean, we're, there we are, <laughs> the, the best in the world. And, you know, I could go on about it for ages, and there's probably someone at home saying, I'll turn that head off, he's a half Egypt. I couldn't be listening to him, you know what I mean? But what, what do you uh, think makes us characters? Is there something about the, our national story, or what is it that makes us characters in ways that other countries don't produce them? I th- there's, an in, there's an inquisitive side to us, I often think. And I'm going back to when I was younger, travelling the roads of Ireland in a van, going to gigs. The roads weren't as good. So you had to ask for directions, do you know? And like, if you stop someone in Washington or in New York and ask them for where's the Brooklyn Bridge, they go, they take the left there, there's a straight line, run all the way down to 51st and you'd be there. If you ask someone in Ireland, where's Tralee? Am I on the right road for Tralee? They go, Tralee? What's happening in Tralee? Is there something on? <laughs> Is there something I should be going to in Tralee? Where are you yeah, going yeah. there? What am I missing here? <laughs> you know, it's always turned around into a question or something, inquisitive and and not, you know, so, so I, I like that. There is that kind of, um, we're just mad to have information, mad to know things, I think. Yeah. Do you, did you worry then that if we get to a point in the future where people just aren't doing that, if everyone's getting the directions from Google Maps, that it kind of takes some of that, that Irishness out of us because everything is just kind of very perfunctory. You don't have that kind of no. interaction anymore. No, it's it's ingrained in us. There's no question of it. I mean, look, it'll turn into be something different, something else. Um, people often used to say that to me before. Are you going to run out of characters, Pat? You know, you're looking at because I'd be kind of known for creating comedy around mm. Irish characters, and, and basically what I do is I take Irish stories and things I've heard and seen, and and obviously enlarge them for comedic reasons. Um, but the, the the kernel of the story is always real, and it's always there, and I think that's what people identify with, and the characters are there. And just, you're right, the roads are much better now than they were back then. That's why you stopped and asked directions. You don't have to stop and ask anymore. So is that person gone? No, they're not. They're just answering questions about something else. <laughs> they've, so, they've moved on. So you, you do feel like there is this kind of uh, this infinite stock of personalities that, that the well never runs dry, that if you do need to go back and you're trying to you know piece together the other prospects for a TV drama or even the stage show that you're doing right now with your daughter Faye, when you're, when you're trying to come up with personas for well, that, that it is if you pardon the double meaning of the word, it's an infinite well. Yeah, I, I, it is because you look, you see it with youngsters and young fellas that uh, that try to mimic their dad or their mum or whatever, you know what I mean? And uh, when you, I remember going to, like when my kids played GEA and going to the pitch and you'd meet other kids there and the crack and the stories and the, the kind of gatch of them or whatever you want to call it, you just say, look at them, they're, they're, they're that character, they're, the walk, the, whatever way they, they, they hold themselves. Uh, and I don't know, are they mimicking their dad or their granddad or somebody? So they kind of pick up all these nuances and the, those characters are there. 
how do you think it's changed over time? So, like, obviously, th- th- there might be a little bit of role of, or where people now interact in different ways. But do you think that that's kind of sense of Irishness or the way in which we produce characters? Has that kind of changed over time? Because you'd be, I hope I'm not unkind in saying this, you'd be of a vintage where you would have noticed changes in personalities. Yeah, I mean, like, like we we modernise. You know, we don't stand still, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, as Irish people, and you can see that with with the the next generation coming up, I can see with my kids and their friends in their early twenties, and that that's. But there is that sense of Irishness there, um, and there's like it's it's things are cyclical as well. In a sense, I mean, there's a real kind of movement of of um, folk music at the moment again, mm. which is is brilliant to see it, and and people kind of looking back at. Irish songs again and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I, you know, that with that comes the character, the singing, the movement, whatever you know. And I, 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 no, we we we're not, I will always be there. We always will be Irish, uh, uh, which is a great thing. Do you think our social circumstances maybe might have changed things? Because, for example, you know, back in the seventies or eighties, when, when there wasn't a huge amount of money going around, and there was still that sense <laughs> of crack, but maybe that the money has has made it a different breed of crack. No, I don't think so. Because look, this is the old saying: you can take the man out of the bog, but you can't take the bog out of the man. Oh well, yeah, uh, you know, and it's that kind of thinking that you might have more money, uh, all of us, and not not all of us do. But but when I mean more money, better roads, better infrastructure, better. And again, there's probably someone at home saying, "What about the housing situation?" Yes, there's there is things out there that are, are, are that need to be addressed. One thing, or but look, we're not talking about that. Um, we're talking about. Um, the, you know, how does it affect uh, our personalities and characters? And it doesn't. Um, I think we saw that. There was, do you remember the kind of cafe culture during the, the boom times? And there was this kind of looking over towards Europe and looking towards England and mm. looking away. And the minute the crash happened, everyone looked back in again. And the Irishist was never so strong. Okay. I'm glad that wasn't a slur against cafe culture because I am here mainlining caffeine trying to make it through the rest of the show after all that. Like, um, you mentioned <laughs> no. the, the the well of characters. Is there also a kind of an infinite well of stories? Like when you're when you're putting together something like Killing the Scully, which people have been enjoying again because of how it's been back in telly for the last couple of years. Um, like, yeah. it, it, is a lot of that drawn from from real life story or is that, that that entirely a work of fiction where you have to map all of that out in your head? Oh no! Look, it is drawn from real life stories. I mean, um, I think the opening sequence in *Kill the Scully* was the German film, the two German guys coming over to Ireland. Like at that time, and I presume it's still the same. But I mean, I remember when West Clare, East Clare, was covered was was inhabited by loads of Germans and Dutch and people. That west of Cork was the same uh, when people came over from England uh, looking for to escape away from from the the urban uh, urban mm. situation and get into the country. <clears throat> so these. They, you know, that's where that came about. Was I knew plenty of Dutch people in that living in County Limerick and and were very good friends with them. So that idea of them coming in and having to look at us and try and understand us and and that was the one where Dan stuck his head into it and says, "They were saying, is this the road for killing the skull?" He says, "It'll get you there, all right, but I don't know is it the right way to go. You could go left." <laughs> and suddenly he gets into that. <laughs> you know, that'll bring you there, yeah. but I don't. I, w- I wouldn't go down that road. Do you know? So it's that kind of thing, and having the guys look at. It. Um, so I, you know, I like 
I, I, I lose my train of thought a little bit, Gavin. Oh, that's but, right, but, yeah. it, but, uh, but well, it maybe segues into the other question I was going to ask. When you think about people who who come to Ireland because they they sort of want that kind of rural retreat, that they're kind of they're sick of the the hubbub of, of city life. They they don't want their cafe culture and they don't want their their caffeine. And what they want is something a bit slower paced. And then they go to West Clare or West Cork. Is there something about the Irish national psyche that we seem to be increasingly driven more towards this kind of fast paced life, where you have more and more people con- condensing around cities and leaving maybe that kind of slower paced life behind them well i mean look we all have to we all have to kind of move towards the cities for work reasons and one to another um it, it, maybe the pandemic has helped us out look towards the countryside again because it's cheaper to live down the country and people can work from home and that might help it a little bit better um but no i don't think as a nation that we're drifting away from rural ireland and Rurification, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. I think. I think we're still. It's still going to be there, and it's still an important part of of our psyche. I'm not going to draw you into a whole political chat, but obviously there's there's a kind of a yes. big uh, national question at the minute about um, whether we can afford to fulfil the kind of spirit of generosity that we've usually shown, and where you've got people who are coming from you know more deprived or more more tortured parts of the world coming here, and we're not sure if we've got the means to to try and put them up in the ways that we'd like to. Um, it kind of seems that maybe there, there, there's a real tipping point for our Irishness where we're not sure if we can afford to be the land of Cade Milafogia like we used to be. Well, that's a big question in the sense of like, um, I think we can afford it. Um, the problem is that historically we've just neglected our own people in some respects. And I'm talking about housing, and that in effect has an effect on people coming in. Um, and I, maybe that's a question for the politicians that mm. should more have been done in the past to get build up our infrastructure. And then again, who would have foreseen a, a war and other things? But that, I suppose there's been a build for a couple of years now, so it is a bit silly that we we haven't been working more towards. I mean, look, when I grew up, there was there was council houses uh, everywhere, yeah. and and it seemed to be a better time. There was we were we just seemed to be building more council houses and. <clears throat> accommodating our own people and that allows us in turn to accommodate people coming in you know yeah um it's not not a nasty thing i'm saying i'm just saying that we <clears throat> we do need to look after them but we also need to look after people coming in as well mm. and it just seems that we dropped the ball on that one from a housing point of view because it just seems mad my kids <clears throat> are at an age where i can't imagine how they're going to save up enough money to get a house they will eventually but um hopefully like we all did um, but uh, it just seems that they're a bit of a bigger hill to climb than we had. Mm. We'll do a plug for uh, for your your show with Faye in just a minute to make sure that she tries to get the deposit together because God love her uh, if she's not able to do it. <laughs> uh, before you do, though, you, you mentioned at the very start about how, how good a week it's been on the sporting front and you talk about the rugby and, and even Cheltenham yeah. and, and the Oscars. Um, you, of course, were, were in Banshees of Inishirin. You're one of the few people in the film who didn't get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> when did they, do you feel very left alone uh, when everyone else is trodden the champagne carpet and you're like, here, what am I doing still on the road with my daughter? What's going on? Well, when one is in this situation, you say it's a team effort. <laughs> Isn't it, it's always a team effort when there's a solo it's, performance that doesn't get recognised. Exactly. <laughs> no, listen, I was the, listen, I'm just absolutely chuffed to be part of that whole uh, circus, you know, and it's been fantastic. And I'm for the, my my co-workers in the film, Colin and Brendan and everybody, I couldn't be happier, uh, Kerry and Barry, you know. Uh, and um, look, we were we were nominated in the SAGs as a non, SAGs for anyone who doesn't know as a Screen Actors of America. Mm. 
and we were nominated as best ensemble cast in that, which is the highest award in the in the SAGs, and the SAGs are massive. We didn't win one thing there, and that kind of had me thinking about the Oscars, thinking, "Gosh, that's not a good sign." And sure enough, it was the same. Yeah. Um, but but no, it, look, it, it, anyone will tell you, uh, film is collaborative, uh, and it's everybody right down to the runners, and everybody, it's great. Yeah, that's a that's a very uh, nice holistic attitude to take because privately, I suppose, if there was a nominated going for best supporting actor, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that anyway." It's a, it's a team effort. Oh yeah, and, and, and John. I, I, yeah, there and everyone else was there, but I'll still take the nomination if it's going. And, and if I got the nomination, I wouldn't mention anyone, only myself. Yeah, yeah. L- listen, this is a solo performance, lads. They can only recognise exactly. one person at a time. Uh, Greer, you, you mentioned just before but you, you came on air that you're working on, on something else in Belfast at the moment, as well as doing your stage show. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm working on another film up there, yeah. I, I, I won't mention anything about it at this stage, but I, I'm having the, the talk about Irishness and Irish and sometimes we forget how amazing uh, an, an Irish, uh, Irish people are, but I'm working with Pierce Brosnan at the moment and it's just and, and other actors of course <laughs> being the collaborative but in particular Pierce just I have to pinch myself every time I'm sitting in the dressing room chatting to him because it's the guy is an amazing actor and he's a legend and he's a, a bond and um, we sometimes forget he's also Irish uh, Well I've never met the man in person but I've always wondered behind closed doors does he let his native like Navin accent come out like does he drop the whole James Bond <laughs> stick and he's like glad did, did you see how bad the footballers were against Dublin yesterday where they could have scored the goal and they were two behind and then suddenly Bruce Hill was emptied like I kind of wonder, does he, does he just break out with that behind closed doors? Yeah, are you, are you from the town? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Navin heads and the no, swim heads don't get on. Not, it's just, <laughs> it's just a pleasure to work with the man, and he's he's mighty crack, and uh, we're having a ball. Right, so I'm, it's I'm, go, I'm going to invite him on soon to see exactly what accent I can get him to pull out with uh, when he's there. You grew up beside the library there now, just on Railway Street, didn't you? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Pat, you've been you've been a great sport to talk to us. Uh, Pat and uh, Faye Short, their upcoming show, well, still touring around the country. Uh, it's in St Michael's Theatre in New Ross next Friday evening. That's the 24th of March, and in the Mall Theatre on Tume uh, next Saturday, the 25th of March. Tickets available in all the usual spots. Pat, thanks a million for talking to us. Thanks, Gavin. Cheers. On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.